What up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to episode number 77 of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. And in this episode, I'm going to speak about a lot of shit. It's been a minute since I've done one of these random rant episodes. So it's going to be full of uh, a couple movies, TV shows, stand-up comedy, and just some of the stuff like that that I've been like watching or that I've seen in the past uh, few weeks or a uh, month or so. I have a, a rough list of a few things. And it might be too long for just one episode. I might have to split it into two, but let's see what we can accomplish, folks. On the agenda is a movie called Gifted. Uh, the Fast and the Furious uh, movie. Split. The Batman Lego movie. Master of None Season 2. A stand-up comedy Netflix Hour by Hassan Minaj. And Better Call Saul, the latest season. If you think that uh, you might be interested in my take on any of those things, then uh, feel free to stick around. Or if you're curious about any of those shows or or things that I just mentioned, then stick around. I'll tell you a little bit about it, and you can see for yourself if you want to check them out or not. But first, on a more somber note, my dog, our family dog, Shady, passed away uh, last week. It's always a sad thing when a loved one, and in this case a pet, passes away. And everybody deals differently, you know? No way is right, no way is wrong. And it's one of those uh, do what works for you to get you through the tough time uh, type of thing. I think that it's something that as you get older, just progressively gets worse in terms of losing people that are close to you. And what I have found um, works, or not works, in the sense of, well, here's the fix to the to the thing, but something that helps you, like, get through it in a in a healthy way is something that's you know always recommended which is remember the good times and i think that's helpful advice and it's definitely something that i think is worth trying to develop so that you can deal with the inevitable as it comes up down the line throughout your life and he definitely had good times with Shady. And it, you, there's a, there's like a, a shady sized void in the house that it's like, you know, it's unfillable. That's the, like the sad part. And I liken it to, I don't have kids yet, but I liken it to, I forget where I heard this it. probably like on some like corny sitcom or something like that. But when the mother or father, they had like multiple kids and they were like, which one do you like better? Um, they say something to the effect of, uh, I like you both the same, but uh, a good way for you to understand it is that I have, uh, like, uh, let's use Shady, for, exa- for example, a Shady-sized hole in my heart that only Shady can fill, and uh, let's say if there was another, uh, you know, the other sibling or whatever, whatever their name is, and uh, blah, 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 size heart, uh, hole in my heart that only that that one can fill so that's kind of how i feel about shady like even if you know getting a a a different pet or something like that you could always have the same like type of cariño like towards them but it's and even up to the same level even more maybe less or you know whatever but it's um like that specific sized hole that can't be filled you know but you find solace at least i have Hopefully this might help other people, um, whether again it be a pet or, or or a loved one, that that they lose down the line. You find solace in the, uh, remembering the good times, and Shady definitely had a good life, man. He was a beagle, a purebred champion bloodline. At least that's how they got us at the pet store, telling us that he was a champion bloodline, which pretty much means that his great great grand dog 
her mom or something like that was like in one of those dog shows somewhere and won a ribbon. And my brother got him for me for my 21st birthday. And Shady was three months old at the time when we got him. And I remember when my my brother convinced my pops to let me get a dog. I always wanted one like as a kid. And then I was fucking 21 and wound up getting it him then. And I was driving around with my boy Peter at the time. Uh, we used to hang out all the time, all the time uh, during that time period. And I knew I wanted a dog. I wanted a small dog. You know, I wasn't going to get like a uh, German Shepherd or a Pit or, or a big dog. I wanted a, a small dog, you know, not not one of those parasols and put in your back dogs, but, uh, you know, small, medium sized dog. But that looked had like the face of a dog, you know, not not like a fluffy little teddy bear type of thing. And then I found um, I saw Shady in a, a pet store. And, you know, I like how they put them like in the windows and stuff. And as soon as I saw him, I wanted him. I asked how much it was. It was over the budget, I believe, that, that my brother said that uh, he would uh, get him to me at. And then I think, if I remember correctly, he wound up, he wound up getting it for me anyway. Getting him for me anyway. Or, or we split it somehow. But one of the first, like, memorable stories of him was that we... It's like a bunch of dogs, like little little puppies in the window, right? And they're all, like, in this enclosure then you go to to the inside of the pet store and they they open up the window they ask you which one you like or whatever if you want to see them play with them carry them whatever and the guy opens up the the door to the enclosure it's like a glass enclosure all around and you see all the puppies like come up to the to the corner to the edge and like look down because it's like elevated from the floor and they're like looking down like they want to come out but they're scared they're you know they're not you know they don't know what the fuck is going on and shady just like dove over them and just started he jumped out out of it and onto the ground just started jetting and running all around the store like super crazy hyper and that just solidified it and i was like yep that's him and then we the second most memorable thing is that you know we filled out all the paperwork paid and we got him and we're walking down the block to the car and he's like in those little like dog carrying case things and he he to this day i think he fucked up his vocal cords or something like that he let out some weird scream that we thought it was something else we thought it was like a bat or something because it was on jamaica ave and we were like under the elevated train he um it was like some weird like like some I don't know, some, like, squeaky rat bat type of, like, loud piercing sound. We were like, what the fuck? But I guess he was like, what the fuck, you know? He's three months old, probably hadn't left the the pet store. And and I said that I think he fucked up his vocal cords because he was a beagle, right? And everybody always told me, you know, beagles, they howl a lot, like hound dogs, kind of, and, and they bark a lot. And Shady was always the, like calmest like dopest dog like he did he didn't bark he he was like so like well behaved um so that's another memorable moment and then the he uh we took him to the crib and then my pops mind you never wanted a dog never wanted us to to get one and as soon as we took him out and he he did the same thing he did in the pet store we took him out the little container just started running around the the house and he um my father fell in love with him and long story short he wound up being my father's dog instead of mine <laughs> the um lifespan is 12 to 15 years for a beagle and he lived to be 12 and a half and um i say he had a good life in the sense that he ate everything <laughs> anything he wanted like my pops didn't give a fuck he would give him better need rice beans mad dominican food chicken pizza you know at first like we we'd all like give him like scraps and stuff like that because he would like always cry for it like dogs do and we didn't really like monitor his weight and he was a very like active hyper dog not very actually um but he was um until he was like two-ish i would say 
and around whatever the age is that you the cutoff is to like neuter them um and you know he's a puppy and a lot of dogs when they're young like that they're they're more hyper so uh where was i going with that so yeah he this dog anything and everything you could think he drank coffee soda water milk tea fucking <laughs> literally every single thing that a human being could eat he ate and uh, fucking thanksgiving like he had his own fucking thanksgiving bowl for, for with all the fixings and like all that all that good shit um what else i remember i was like after you passed i was going through some some uh photos and stuff when he was when he was a, a puppy and just like mad like different photos and videos that i had forgotten about that that i have and it was like oh i remember that day oh i remember that day and i remember i have one video he used to before we neutered him and they get into this phase where they just hump everything and anything they don't give a fuck and he was he like you'd push him off and it, it was funny because he would like try to like hump your leg or your arm if you were laying down like anything and you would like push him off and he would just like get tight he would growl at you and like bark and and because you're not letting him hump you you know what i mean like what the fuck <laughs> and um yeah he definitely became a lot more calm after we chopped his balls off which had to suck but uh you know it's better for their health supposedly yeah man definitely definitely gonna miss him but again you remember the good times yeah towards the end he was i would say like the last couple months like we took him to the vet he he went through a phase where he didn't want to eat or drink and the, the vet injected him with some fluids and gave him a pill to eliminate some acid from his stomach and but told us you know it's close to that time he's getting older and stuff like that and then a few months later the same type of thing started happening again he got like lethargic and he wasn't seeing clearly or as clearly as before you can tell and and towards the very very end i would have to like carry him to the backyard in order for him to pee because he wouldn't even get up anymore and and you know like feed him like hand feed him and give him water like with a dropper and and stuff like that and they said that if he started like going to the bathroom on on himself then that means his organs are shutting down and and um he he was like that for the past couple of days so we made an appointment to put him down and uh he didn't make it to the appointment uh he passed away overnight on july 5th which sucks that he had to go through another july 4th because oh that's another another thing that i just remembered like she had like anxiety and i remember um like the fireworks would set it off like he would just panic i mean like panting his tongue sticking out drooling shaking like uncontrollably and um we would have to give him we, the first time it happened we didn't know what the fuck was going on my brother was flipping out i was flipping out my brother flip was flipping out on me because i guess that's his way to deal with shit sometimes as we all do like when we snap at each other and shit and we like drove to some some uh i don't know somewhere in long island some like 24 7 emergency room for dogs type of shit type of place and they wanted to keep them and charge us like a g or, or a lot of money whatever to like keep them overnight to see what's wrong with them and stuff like that we wound up not doing that because he looked like he was coming down and then we came back we went to our regular vet like the next day or something and and we found out that he just has like anxiety and it's a common thing for dogs with fireworks and stuff like that and it's um they gave him like pills for that for like around that those times and then they told us that we don't even have to get those pills we could give him benadryl and um yeah so he died on july 5th and when i knew i like knew knew that i don't know i guess i didn't like want to think of it too much but but like i knew like i was like like i knew it was the end when on july 4th like that did it like i didn't know when i like i brought him food and stuff like that and like table scraps and he didn't even want to eat that because at first i was trying to like hand feed him like his dog food and stuff like that 
and he didn't want that. Then I brought him like some chicken and 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 rice and like potatoes and like stuff like that. He ate a little bit of that for a couple of days, and then after that, like he didn't even want that. Um, so I knew it was getting to that point. But then when on July fourth, when he didn't even like react to to like the fireworks and stuff like that it was like ah fuck yeah like if that's not even getting to him like he's 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 gone um what sucks what's a good point too that uh my boy uh told me about what he thought could you know it could be also that it was he still did have that anxiety about it but his body was just like shot and he couldn't even he couldn't like physically show the reaction to it um but yeah man it it sucks it's something again like i said that we'll we'll all continue to go through in life until we go uh you know watching our loved ones and and people and pets that we care about pass away and it's just it's it's part of it i guess and but definitely even reminiscing like that thinking about some of the good times you know pictures help jog memories and and stuff and and i think that's a that's a good healthy thing and shady if you're listening because of course the spun today podcast is emanating through the cosmos and into the consciousness of the universe uh, i hope you're chilling man yeah we miss you Alrighty, that said actually it's a, a pretty good segue to the movie gifted because there's a line in there that stood out to me in particular i'll tell you guys in a bit but the the movie is i had never heard of it before but it's the guy that uh does captain america the i don't know i forget his name but he's uh captain america in the avengers movies and in the captain america movies (laughs) and he is a like a I don't know, like a loner type of guy. And he's raising his niece, who's like seven or eight years old or nine or ten. And she's like a genius, like a little man Tate genius. And her mother, you find out in the movie. Damn, this is going to spoil it for you guys. Her mother passes away. But I'm not going to tell you guys how or what, because that, that'll kind of be the spoiler. But long story short i don't want to spoil this one because it's a fairly new movie i think it came out this year i'll be a a, a little bit more tight-lipped about it but the uh long story short he winds up with the responsibility of raising his niece and she's like this genius kid and they have a, a strong bond between the two he was homeschooling her for a while but then wanted to um send her off to regular school because he wanted her her to have you know like normal social skills and be around kids and play and and have a normal life and he he was kind of sort of against the the whole pursuing you know putting her in special schools and stuff like that but the school that he did take her to was pushing for that same thing and um he kind of sort of just wanted her to have a regular life and not feel different and and stuff like that it was a really he was coming from a good place and once you guys see it, like see the movies you like you'll see it wasn't like from a negligent like ignorant type of place um and in the movie there's a really cool scene where the little girl is asking about god and heaven and and stuff like that and the writing was really good by the way in the movie like surprisingly good like i thought it was just gonna be like a cheesy kind of happy ending type of story not to say that the writing in those can't like can't be good, but you just don't expect like the writing to be to stand out. You know, it, it's kind of like a like a movie filled with stock lines, like cliche, you know, type of lines or whatever. But this one wasn't, and that that stood out to me. So there's a there's a cool scene where he's with with her like in the park or something like that. And the sun is setting in the background. They're just talking for a while. Like, the dialogue between the two. Uh, which you guys know I love. Um, I like, like, long moments of dialogue. The 
and she's just like asking about like heaven and curious about it and stuff like that kind of like beating around the bush you know she she's like you know a kid and curious about her mom passing away and and stuff like that and he, he speaks to her like an adult one of the things that he expresses that resonated with me because i it's something that i never really like articulated but i f- i also feel that is that he kind of cuts her off and he's like if you're asking if like he pretty much tells her nobody knows you know what it is and he doesn't want to give him um his exact opinions of you know what happens when we die in heaven and stuff like that because he doesn't want to ruin hers um he says that but if you're asking if we all wind up together in the end i believe that we do and i thought that was a, a pretty cool sentiment that tied into the whole shady thing that i was just speaking about and it is something that just like viscerally makes sense to me and i guess it depends on how you feel too because like sometimes i'm like like i wouldn't be surprised if you die and it's like lights out and that's it and i wouldn't even be able to be surprised obviously because it'll be lights out and that's it (laughs) but i also wouldn't be surprised if it's like you just enter back into some sort of singular consciousness of the universe that's and it's like wow what a ride and like every everything and everybody is one somehow in a way that we obviously can't fathom now but that is second nature when it happens and everything and everybody that ever was which in my head you know makes sense and plays into the whole us being stardust thing and and I don't know who the fuck knows but it's a hopeful type of thought right anyway it resonated with me and i thought that was that was a pretty dope scene and um one other one that stood out was just uh, and again this just points to the writing it's like a one-liner he's having an argument with his mother about the sister that passed and she say she said that her mind is rarer rarer than radium I don't know, I just like that because of the alliteration in it. The R and the R. Rare and Radium. I thought that was pretty cool. So check it out. Again, the movie is called Gifted. As in, uh, you know, like a brilliant gifted child or something. Next. Up next. Is the movie Split. Yo, I thought that was so good. I thought it was so good. The The main actor in it. Let me look up his name, actually. Did such a dope job because it's he's playing like a, a schizophrenic. I don't know if that's the exact correct term. Um, his name is James McAvoy. McAvoy. And he plays one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like eight different characters. And he has like this like next level schizophrenia type of thing where he's like functional kind of if you can call it that and he would rotate between each of the characters like seamlessly and each time you think you're watching a different like you really got into each and every one of those roles you know what i mean it it didn't it didn't come off as like somebody doing an impression of somebody else if that makes any sense. It was just like, oh, another character entered the room or whatever. You know what I mean? And he was really believable. So he did an awesome job. It was a sick fucking story. He kidnapped like a, a couple young girls, three young girls. And wound up killing a couple, two of them by fucking eating them. And one of them escapes at the end and everything gets uncovered. It was fucking nuts. It's a crazy story. Um, I like the way they explained from the perspective of the the schizophrenic, like what was happening in his head when he got into these different roles, and they would call it the light. And the way me as a viewer, I envisioned it was like a rotating 
uh, like a bunch of seats and like uh, in the round right and the light was coming from like the eyes like what would come in through the eyes and whoever was like in the front seat like in the driver's seat whoever quote-unquote had the light was the character or the personality that was in charge at the time and nobody could remove anybody else from the light but they would like take turns somehow it was interesting how like they reconciled the disease uh, through that character or how that character like rationalized and reconciled what was going on you know what i mean and his therapy session sessions were were interesting with the therapist and it was, it was a pretty dope movie i definitely re- recommend it as well check it out it's called split and i think it came out like in 2015 or 2016 next and real quick is the batman lego movie i didn't think i would like it i didn't think i would like the first lego movie and i did i thought it was cool and funny and i i don't remember but i probably mentioned it in a podcast and i definitely didn't think that i would like the batman lego one i thought it was one of those you know the first one made a lot of money so they're just juicing it uh kind of thing but it was actually pretty good (laughs) i enjoyed it again one of my the funniest takeaways for me uh, through the movie was kind of how like they like made fun of themselves in a way i feel like they didn't take it like too seriously and like the toys just represented toys or like how we would play with toys when we were little that stood out the most in how like the guns um like when they would like shoot each other or something like that they would literally say pew 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 so you would see like little lasers flying out or whatever but they would literally say pew 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 like the way you like a little kid would or or they would say like there was a i seen like with the helicopter like shooting with that helicopter fucking machine gun that twirls around and shoots a lot of bullets at the same time and it was just like you know like gun sounds that you would make with that you as a kid would make with your mouth <laughs> and i thought that was pretty cool um what else what else that's pretty much it on that one um I, I definitely wasn't mad that i watched it next up was master of none season two which was really good definitely did not disappoint and it's one of those shows that uh both me and my wife uh enjoy so we watched it together and binged the shit out of it uh, normally like not normally but i gravitate more towards shows like house of cards which is fucking great and I'll speak uh, about that one once I uh, finish the season. But uh, I gravitate more. I gravitate more towards uh, the the those type of shows, and she gravitates more towards um, what's that shit called? Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt, Unbreakable, like shows like that. And sometimes we find shows that we both think are dope, and Master of None is one of them aesthetically it was really cool because uh, a, a large part of it um actually is it really a large part of it uh took place in italy i know i know it definitely began in italy because that's where the other one left off but i don't remember if it was like the first four or five episodes or if it was just the first two or three either way it was it, it was really cool aziz is funny really talented dude and tim from tim and eric is also hilarious and has a larger part in this season than he did in the last one. I enjoyed towards the end of it, like the flashback scenes and the his friend dealing, his lesbian friend, like best friend growing up, dealing with coming out to her mother and grandmother and her family, basically, that didn't really accept that. And also how they dealt with religion and, and the newer generation not being as pious as the older one, but the older one still wanting them to put up a front for other older relatives, etc. And it was another really good entertaining season. Master of None is definitely a, a Netflix original banger. 
the episode on like uh first dates and he, he just did back to back to back to back to back like first dates it was really cool and although i'm not dating you know i'm married and definitely not in that scene anymore but it seemed to capture the that like how dating is how the awkwardness of first dates must be exacerbated now just due to like technology and social media and stuff like that and and just like the how easy it is it must be to just go on date after date after date it's kind of just like it's more like quantity over quality now i'm assuming but that 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 interesting awkwardness of first date still like shines through and it's kind of cool to see how it hasn't like that that i guess aspect of dating hasn't changed but they did mash it up with what has changed which is the accessibility to other people basically that was a cool episode and uh, just how like the first one left off and he was like fuck it let me go like follow my dream for a couple months and go learn how to make pasta in italy and how that seems like oh my god scary crazy like type of thing but turned out to be like a dope experience and it's like yeah it'll be okay things find a way of working themselves out it's a couple months in the story of your life it's a blip like it's not the end of the world I think we, myself included, see something like that and it's like, oh my God, you know, one day I'll do that. When I retire, I'll travel. When I, you know, just fucking push it off until you never do it. And then you miss out on the potentiality of really dope experiences. That was uh, Master of None Season 2. Speaking of funny ending, guys, there's a comic, another comic, Hassan Minaj, that has a special on Netflix as well. Netflix is fucking killing it. Continues to kill it. And his special was really cool. It was really... It had like a different feel to it. It was... it was One, it was funny. But it was also like... It had a lot of heart. He speaks a lot to the immigrant experience here in the US. Um, of his parents and being a, a first generation American. And all the trials and tribulations that are very relatable if you're in the same boat. I'm not Indian personally, but I am first generation uh, Dominican American. It's a lot of the same shit. It's like people in general, like let's say our parents, for example, just strongly identify with the their culture because that's what they know. That's what they grew up with. The same way we strongly identify with our culture and what we grew up with which is a mash of america for like in my case and uh dominican the the dominican experience hassan explains it from a mashup between america and the indian experience so that's something that's common and i would imagine the same for a an american with venezuelan roots or an american with czechoslovakian roots and yeah different cultures have different norms and may speak different languages and have different beliefs and ideologies and stuff like that but the identifying with a foreign culture as well as the one that you're currently sharing as a new experience is the common ground there there's a lot of relatable shit there in this special then for me as i'm what 33 33 i related to him on a different level on just like a age you know my like peer my my generation is what i was looking for which is similar to to aziz that gets a lot of shit but i always say that that he resonates a lot with me and i believe it's because of the generational thing we're around the same age and have a lot of common experiences minus you know the movie stardom and sold out shows and msg and you know being a millionaire and stuff like that but all that stuff aside <laughs> there was uh one bit that minaj was hassan was uh speaking about when it came to the internet and being in high school at the time that the internet was starting to to blow up and 
it was like my exact same experience. Now, I know it wasn't a unique one, <laughs> but he he was talking about like being shy with girls in school and person and stuff like that. But that when AIM came out, which was the like AOL instant messenger like chat and one of the first like popular ones. He was like, my aim game, bananas. He would like write voice to man lyrics to girls and stuff like that. And I would literally do the exact same thing. I was like, you know how they have like internet like bullies or internet thugs or whatever the fuck. I was like an internet pimp. All right, I could be like chatting with someone or two or three or four, you know, different windows open. Keep your options open at the time. <laughs> And uh, have LimeWire going with a NSYNC song or a Boyz II Men song in the background and, like, typing out the lyrics. You'd be, like, the man for the next week in school. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. Thank God must have spent a little more time on me. <laughs> anyway, a lot of the stuff was really, really relatable and and not just the good stuff, but uh, getting, like, rejected stuff that he spoke about. As far as uh, relationship stuff in high school and and storytelling wise, he kind of had like a hero's journey type of arc with that specific story and how he got back, how he got back at that girl eventually. It's definitely something that we all would fantasize about with those like moments of heartbreak and stuff like that. Like one day I'll show you. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. And, um, again, his name is Hassan Minaj. I'll link to his special. I forget what it's called right now. But if you just search his name on Netflix, it'll pop up. Uh, I think he only has that one special on Netflix right now. Better Call Saul is a great show. And you know why it's so... And this season was awesome. Last season was awesome. The season before that, it, it like, continues to be good. Just like the Breaking Bad, how Breaking Bad was how every season was an episode was just better than the last um this one is is very similar to that is following that same path of just being strong episode after episode and what's craziest to me about it is that it's a spin-off show of breaking bad which is arguably one of the best shows ever you know it's always in everybody's like top one two you know top three you know, it's up there with, like, The Wire, The Sopranos, like, those type of shows. Like, Breaking Bad is, is usually in the discussion. And it was created by um, Peter Gould and Vince Gillian. So the writing is impeccable. It's great. But what's even more impressive than that, to me, is that the show is so good in and of itself that Breaking Bad is, like, an afterthought. It's not... And even, even, not only is it, an, is it an afterthought, it's still an afterthought, even with all the the nostalgia of Breaking Bad sprinkled throughout it. Like, all the characters that weren't Breaking Bad are in this, not all of them, but a bunch of them um, are in this show, because this is, like, the prequel to Breaking Bad. So it's seeing how the story of Breaking Bad came to be, right? So you're seeing, like, Better Call Saul is, is the seminal moments of Breaking Bad. But even with that, it's like, you don't even think of Breaking Bad. I mean, you might be like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy from Breaking Bad. But there, there's, you're like so caught up in this show that, again, it's Breaking Bad is an afterthought. And that's super impressive, especially for, for a spinoff. I'm no TV show scholar or anything like that. But I honestly can't think of any other show that had a, such a su successful spinoff. And like in an, an impressive, not just like a, a spinoff that did good, but like one that's just like an awesome show in and of itself. You know what I mean? It's so good and it's so character driven. Like each character is like has so much depth. And a lot of it, I guess, is with characters like, you know, Saul Goodman's character or, or Jimmy McGill because he hasn't turned into Saul Goodman yet. And and Mike and the dude from Los Boyos Hermanos and like they they are characters that came from the Breaking Bad world with this wealth of familiarity to us so we know where they're going 
but we don't know how they're going to get there yet. And the show is so good that it's not only bringing in those characters, but at the same time building up the other characters that didn't make it to Breaking Bad. And then you're getting attached to those characters, like Chuck, which my guess is that, spoiler alert, my guess is that he doesn't die at the end of this one, but if he does, that would be a good like he doesn't show up in breaking bad i don't think unless he's you know they're gonna write it off that he's like in some sort of psych ward or something um so he's either excommunicated like that or he dies or i don't know but anyway they build up they get you attached to these new characters that are being introduced that and you're wondering how they don't make it because there's such a how they don't make it to the breaking bad because they're such a big part of Jimmy's life now. It's so interesting. And I can't wait to see like how they creatively work that out and make that piece of the puzzle fit to the beginning piece of Breaking Bad. I do have a theory that I've mentioned, I think I mentioned like when during like season 1 of Better Call Saul that the black and white flashbacks which actually aren't black and white anymore they're in color of that guy gene which is jimmy but in some sort of witness protection program as gene they i think they started that off as like that's what happens to saul goodman at the end of breaking bad like when he runs away or whatever but i think that that's gene is like the in-between it's like the limbo the purgatory or whatever between jimmy and saul goodman so I think something's going to happen to turn Jimmy into that Gene character. And then Gene is going to tur- turn to Saul Goodman. But whatever. We'll see. Time will tell. But yeah, this season of the show was, was really good. And last but not least, we made it, folks. I think I covered everything I wanted to to cover. The Fast and the Furious, the final installment, not the final installment the latest installment installment number eight of the movie and take this with a grain of salt because i am 100 percent biased because i just absolutely loved the original fast and furious so i'll always be a sucker for these movies it's kind of like uh like an eminem or or jay-z album or something like that 444 by the way was really dope i'll speak more about that in a future episode but it's like if one of those guys comes out with an album when they're 80 like i'll just buy it by default you know what i mean i feel the same way about the fast and furious movies so i'm partial to them but that aside the movie was fucking awesome it was fucking awesome and i don't give a shit what anybody says yes it had its its the writing could have been better in certain parts throughout the movie certain aspects of it were too cliche and it's like not like in a a storytelling you know thriller um has to have certain conventions type of cliche just like a corny cliche like certain lines throughout the movie that i was like that i i said the phrases before the character actually said it and as soon as i said it i was like hoping that they didn't you know write it that way and then of course like it followed up with them saying fucking corny shit um but the whole thing wasn't like that definitely not but it did have its pockets of like what i would call like lazy writing like they could have like punched that up definitely those instances or whatever but aside from that the story was completely believable like okay (laughs) within the world that the Fast and the Furious franchise has created. First off, people always like, oh, you know, nobody could drive like that and this and that. It's like, you guys aren't accepting the fact that they are, they've written, they've progressed them to be like semi-superhero-ish. You know what I mean? Like, that's what the genre is now. It's like, you watch Avengers and don't say, you know, Captain America, you know, can't jump that high or whatever the fuck. Um, so you have to suspend disbelief to a certain extent because they made these 
guys as not just like regular guys and girls or whatever anymore. They're like some elite fucking special ops type fucking James Bond street motherfuckers, you know, that have to do dirty jobs when the government can't have their fingerprints on them and blah, blah, blah. Think, for example, Nicolas Cage in, in Lord of War. A couple lines that I did like. The Mr. I forget his name. Like the guy that doesn't exist. Played by Kurt Russell, the Mr. Black or whatever. He's like um, about like the newbie, his assistant guy or whatever. And he says that he doesn't know. He says he's still working from the manual. He doesn't know the real rules yet. I thought that was that was pretty dope. It was a cool sentiment. It's like he knows the rule book, but he doesn't know the rules, rules of how shit goes down. You know, it's kind of like a training day kind of scenario or like even in your personal like nine to five or at school or whatever. When, you know, the the way the rules say to do something is, you know, you have to do A, B, C and D but you have found through your experience or whatever that doing a d b and c works out much you know more efficiently and it's a higher standard or whatever i thought that was pretty cool and then the dopest line of everything was when they explained away paul walker's character and um and mia brian and mia Tyrese is like, tells Letty, uh, we should hit up Brian. Brian would know what to do. And then Letty, she breaks the fourth wall and looks into the camera and says, you know, we can't involve them. We all agreed on that. And it's kind of like, and then Tyrese just says, yeah, I know. You're right. It's kind of, it's to him, but she's breaking the fourth wall and speaking to the audience. And it's kind of like that moment where, the curiosity of, you know, what are they going to say that they went on vacation? Like, how, how wouldn't they be involved in any of this? They kind of, like, put all that to rest, like, for the remainder of that movie. And as well as the ninth and the tenth movie that they already have, like, signed up, like, to do or whatever. That was a cool, uh, creative way to, like, work that into the script. And and they did it. It was classy, too, you know? I liked it. It's kind of like an elegant way to to solve that problem from a story writing perspective. While at the same time being cognizant and respectful of, of his loss. I liked how Letty got into a fight and fucked up my boy uh, Tate Fletcher. <laughs> Ex-UFC fighter and uh, uh, Pirate Life Radio podcast host. And that's pretty cool to see him in it. What else? Oh, you know what was cool? The, like one of the... The most like oh my god like scenes which I didn't think was that bad, um but was when like The Rock is hanging there like driving on ice, and in like Alaska or something and there's like a like a missile that's gonna head towards them or something like that and he like pushes it and like shifts it in a different direction, like they I thought it was they made that scene more acceptable by setting it up with an earlier scene that was in the context of what was happening more outlandish in my opinion where the rock was uh got arrested and they were taking him into into the jail so he has the orange jumpsuit on and his hands are chained together they're cuffed together I don't know, one of the one of the cops is a dick or, or says something or does something and he breaks the the cuffs off, grabs the cop and pins him up against a wall, but like lifts him up in the air and puts him like horizontally up against the wall. So it's like right there, like when that happened, I was like, What the fuck is this nigga like the Hulk or something? You know, <laughs> like what the fuck is going on? But it was like a it was like a they made him superhuman there. So then the fact that he was able to shift like that missile later on while on the ice, while going super fast and with the thrust of the car was that much more believable 
because you already have in the back of your mind that he has some next level strength shit going on. And again, it's a fucking, it might, may as well be a superhero movie. Like, accept it as that. It's like some 18 type shit. And it was fucking entertaining as fuck. Just like each and every one of the other ones were. Except for Tokyo Drift. Well, even Tokyo Drift, even though it was like the wackest one to me. But yeah, The Fate of the Furious. That shit was pretty dope, man. And you know what? The storyline in and of itself, um, like the plot of it, completely made sense. It worked. It made sense that Dom would go rogue. You know, the whole family first type of thing. They played it up like to the nines with him having a son that he didn't know about. And they killed his the the baby's mother. And, and they had to. You know what I mean? Like the the kid had to wind up with Dom and Letty somehow because they 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 can't split up, and that would both propel him into doing everything he had to do, you know, with the whole going rogue shit to save his kid, and at the same time give the team a, an instant, oh okay, we got you, we understand why you did it, um, type of thing, so that everything can go back to normal at the end. So they tied that loose end up perfectly, and set it up perfectly. It was believable why the transporter dude that they, you know, they, the arch fucking nemesis guy to the team um, uh, joined forces with them. And it was just an entertaining action movie, period. And yes, you have to suspend disbelief as you should for any fucking movie that you watch and immerse yourself in the world that's created for you. Yes, Vin Diesel sucks in everything he's ever acted in with the exception of the fast and the furious movies and boiler room but it's a story that works with a lot of action and some kick-ass driving where the good guys win at the end what more can you ask for the fate of the furious can't wait till number nine and ten and with that said that is the episode folks now i'm going to tell you guys a couple ways you can help support the podcast which i really think you should First and foremost, one of the ways that you can support is by signing up to my weekly newsletter. My weekly newsletter is called the Midday Monday Boost Letter. Why is it called that? Because every Monday, midday at noon, you will receive a free newsletter from me in your email address, in your email mailbox. And what it has is five things. It's going to have a dope photo of the week from a really cool photographer that I usually find on Instagram. It's going to have a podcast episode from my dozens and dozens and dozens of catalog of podcasts that I listen to that I'm going to recommend to you guys with the iTunes and Stitcher links and YouTube links if they if they post them on YouTube as well. Uh, so you guys can listen to it. And I'll tell you guys, you know, in a sentence or two why the episode resonated with me or why I found this so entertaining or whatever. And in case you guys want to check it out as well. The Midday Monday Boost Letter also includes a video of the week, which can be anything from a TED Talk to a rap battle. By the way, Tay Rock and Chess at Gnome 7, I think it was, was pretty dope. In there, you're also going to have a quote of the week and a word of the week. So you can step up your vocab. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, sign up. It's completely free. You have nothing to lose and five things a week to gain. The Midday Monday Boost Letter sign-up page can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe. All you have to do is drop in your email address and you will receive the very next one. Another way you can take part in the Spuntoday community is by filling out my questionnaire. It's a... Uh, one of my favorite things actually to do is to receive these questionnaires from you guys uh, fellow writers and creatives and it's five open-ended questions regarding your craft and and things that motivate you and tools that you use etc in the past other people have filled it out and i share their responses on future episodes of the podcast and we all get you know insight into your process and in doing so it could help spark an idea for myself or another listener and why not spread that that uh, creative spark if you can 
If you want to check that out, it's at splintery.com forward slash questionnaire. All the shit is also in the episode notes, by the way. The photos on my website can be found at spuntay.com forward slash photography. I'm into taking pictures and stuff. And I post the nicer ones there on my website. And you can download each and every one of them for free. If you want them, check them out. Or if you just want to take the scenic route one day and browse some pretty cool pictures, check them out. Spuntay.com forward slash photography. Now let's talk dollars and see what makes sense. If you shop on Amazon, you can support the podcast while shopping on Amazon and it will not cost you anything extra. The way for you to do this is to go to spuntray.com forward slash affiliate links or just go to spuntray.com and click on the affiliate links tab at the top of my website page. There you're going to see an Amazon banner that's going to pop up. It's going to be the first thing that comes up. And you click on that Amazon banner and it's just going to take you to Amazon.com. And what you can do there is just do your shopping like you normally do. And for any of your purchases, Amazon gives me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website. And it's a way that you can help support the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. While you're there on the affiliate links page, you can see all the other ways you can help support the podcast financially whether it be through a one-time PayPal donation or whether it be by signing up to Patreon and setting up a reoccurring donation for on a per-episode basis. For example, you can donate a dollar per episode, which would be $2 a month. There's a little video there on the page in case you never heard of Patreon before. It's... Uh, there's a little video there that explains to you exactly what it is and I have a Patreon page which you can check out at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash spun today and there you can read you know more about uh, how it works and, and what it is and it's no bullshit no extra fees or anything like that if you donate a dollar per episode it's not like oh yeah but there's this one time fee of 5.99 it's like no bullshit like that no tax no nothing it's a dollar from your pocket to mine and you get stuff back in return there's a couple different tiers there's four different tiers that I have set up currently for for Patreon supporters and the first tier is uh, if you're a dollar donator the second tier is if you're a three dollar donator etc etc and you get different things like free books or uh, bookmarks and a shout out on the podcast stuff like that check it out all the information is there once again at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash spun today another way that you can help support the podcast and myself my writing is by checking out my book make way for you the ebook is available wherever ebooks are sold. Kindle, iBooks, Kobo, whatever floats your boat. Or if you want a paperback copy, you can get one on Amazon as well. And it's called Make Way for You Tips for Getting Out of Your Own Way. And uh, you can learn more about it by going to my landing page for the book, which is spuntray.com forward slash books. It's a nonfiction motivational inspirational spark kick in your ass type of book i also offer you a free copy and it no longer just has to be a pdf copy i figured out how to send each and every one of you guys a a copy of the book in whatever format it is that you read it in so if you read your books on ibooks i can send you a free ibooks version if you prefer pdf i can send you the pdf version if you read on kindle i can send you the kindle version for free all you have to do is request it on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books by dropping in your email address at the bottom of the page and i'll send it right over to you guys all i ask is that you let me know what you think uh, preferably by a rating and reviewing it on amazon and or goodreads and um that would be dope so check it out again the book is called make way for you tips for getting out of your own way 
follow me on social media at spun today on twitter on instagram i'm most active on twitter i would say um check out my facebook fan page facebook.com forward slash spun today fuck with the spun today youtube page which i like because i take these like long episodes that are like an hour hour and a half long and you see how i spoke about for example hassan minaj's uh comedy special or master of none season two i'll split it up by topic so it'll be like more digestible pieces of the full episode and if that's the format that you prefer it's available to you there so check out the spun today youtube page and like it and subscribe to it of course and lastly rate and review the podcast on itunes stitcher google play iHeartRadio, tune in wherever it is that you listen to the podcast rate and review it it helps the podcast gain exposure other people get put onto it and i'd really appreciate that and as always folks substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams thanks for listening